Hello and welcome, Claire Attic here, and I'm delighted that you are joining me for another episode of the Kids Activity Business Club podcast. And today we are going to be talking about taking on teachers. How do you stay on the right side of the law? Growing a successful business that you love doesn't have to be difficult. You just need to master a few key principles, techniques and systems. Welcome to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, your go-to place to learn how to grow and scale your business and make it work for you. I'll be sharing with you how, as a busy mum of three, I've grown my own small but mighty Kids Activity business, starting from scratch in 2015 and transforming it into a highly profitable six-figure business that gives me the financial reward and time freedom to work just four hours a month. You'll hear how I did it, the highs and lows, the obstacles I overcame and step-by-step strategies for how you can do it too. So if you want to fill up your classes, free up your time and get more profit in your pocket, then you're in the right place. I'm Claire Attic, and you're listening to the Kids Activity Business Club podcast. Let's get started. Now, this tends to be one of the questions that I am most frequently asked. Your business is up and running. Classes are starting to fill up. Your waiting lists are starting to grow. It feels like a good time to perhaps expand your classes, but you don't have enough hours in the day to run the classes yourself. So you need a teacher. But where do you start? The thought of it, I know, can make you feel a bit heavy, a bit uneasy, a bit outside your comfort zone. How do you find a suitable teacher? Where do you start looking? How much will you pay them? What paperwork do you need to put in place? What's the law around employing someone? What are all the tax implications, pensions? Will they actually be any good? How will you ensure that they don't take your ideas, lesson plans and customers and run off and set up on their own? Now, this is exactly what was spinning around my head when I took the big step of taking on my first member of staff. And if I'm completely honest, All these worries are enough to put a lot of people off. It feels so much easier just to stay as you are, not to take that big step. It's easier to teach the extra classes yourself or just not open them up in the first place. But you know deep down that your business needs to grow. And to grow, you need to take that big and scary step of recruiting someone. Now, In my business, I had no choice. I had to take on a teacher or otherwise my business would close. Why? Well, I had a lovely, gorgeous, amazing baby growing inside me. With my first two babies, I was working in the corporate world and I had my comfy buffer of a very generous maternity policy. It allowed me to be able to enjoy both babies for the whole of the first year of their lives. I really wanted that for my third baby too. Closing my pools, even for a couple of months, would likely to have been catastrophic. I would have lost my pools or I would have had to keep paying for them when I wasn't using them, which would have been a huge financial strain. I would lose a lot of customers who would switch to another swim school to keep their lessons going. The business would lose momentum. It just wasn't an option. The only way I could keep the business going and have dedicated time for my new arrival was to recruit staff someone to keep the admin ticking over and someone to teach. So I took that first big leap and I have never looked back. It was the making of my business as it is today. So let's get back to what we're looking at today. How do you stay on the right side of the law when taking on a teacher? 
So the first decision you'll need to make is do you employ them as an employee or do you recruit them as self-employed? There is a third type as well known as a worker, but this is more for casual temporary staff or agency workers, which you're less likely to be using in your kids' activity business. So we won't explore that one today. An employee is hired under an employment contract, is paid via PAYE, so pay as you earn, where the income tax and national insurance is deducted before the money reaches their bank account. And they have certain rights such as annual leave, sick pay, parental leave and so on. On the other hand, a self-employed person or a contractor will still have a contract with you, but it will be a contract for services. He or she is a business in their own account with the risks and rewards that this implies. So you will pay them like any other service you purchase. So they'll invoice you for the hours they work and you'll simply pay the bill. He or she will then be responsible for dealing with their own self-assessment tax return and they won't be protected by any rights in terms of annual leave, parental leave and so on. Armed with these definitions, many small business owners immediately decide that they want a self-employed person. So much easier. No need to worry about PAYE. No need to pay the extras such as annual leave and sick pay. But what most small business owners don't realise that it isn't actually your choice. There is legislation in place called IR35 with guidance to determine whether someone is self-employed or an employee. And if you don't follow these rules and choose the right type of worker, then you may be liable and it can get very costly in terms of back payments and fines if you get it wrong. So why has this legislation come about? Well, it's mainly to protect workers. Lots of organisations try and take people on as self-employed as it's generally cheaper and much lower risk for them. But this is at the detriment of workers as they do not benefit from the protective measures and rights that employees have. Now, this legislation is still very much being tested in the courts. You may have heard about a few high profile cases, for example, between Uber, the taxi firm and its workers. Now, the court ruling in that particular case concluded that whilst the workers were taken on as self-employed individuals, they were in fact employees. And as a result, Uber were faced with hefty fines and back payments to compensate their workers for the entitlements they should have received as an employee. It didn't matter what the contract said. It's also worth noting that even if both parties agree to be self-employed, it's still not up to you to decide. You must follow the rules set out by HMRC. So what are the rules? How do you know the employment status you must follow? Well, the good news is that there is a tool on the government website to help you decide. It will ask you a series of questions about the role. And if you answer these correctly, it will give you an answer. Make sure you save this answer as you can use it in your defence if you're ever challenged. So you'll need to search, check employment status for tax, and it will bring up a link to a gov.uk website for the online checker. The tool itself is called CEST, C.E.S.T, and that will be the tool that you can use to help you answer that crucial question. So what sort of things does it ask? Well, there is no one single test to determine someone's employment status. So it asks a series of questions across a range of different areas. It will ask you about who you are recruiting. Is it a specific person or is it a role that can easily be substituted with another person if necessary? It will determine the nature of the job the person is completing. 
For example, whether you as the hirer can ask them to do different tasks. Perhaps they work as a teacher, but you want them to take on some admin or some marketing, for example. Do you as a hirer determine how the work is done? For example, perhaps you provide the lesson plans, you set out the order of activities, the games or songs that are delivered, the type of equipment used, etc. Whether they have any managerial responsibilities, such as carrying out appraisals or hiring other people. It will find out about the hours worked by the person you're recruiting, whether these take up the majority of their available working time, and also where the work is to be done. Do they have to work at your premises? Yes, likely if they're going to be teaching your classes, or can they offer the lessons at locations of their own choice? It will want to know things like, do you as a hirer provide the equipment, or does the recruitee provide it themselves? Not laptops, phones, etc., but the equipment for the lessons, toys, balls, technical equipment, and so on. It will ask you how they introduce themselves to your customers. Are they working for you, or are they working independently but acting on your behalf? It may ask you about their contract. Does it stop them working for other organisations, for example? Can they still go and work for your competitor at the same time? So the answers to all these different areas will then be calculated by this online tool and will guide you to an answer. One last thing to mention before I finish today's episode, and that is if you already have people working for you in your business, it's worth taking a couple of minutes out of your day just to double check that you have their employment status correct. Fix it now and you're less likely to be investigated by HMRC which, if this happens and you're found to be employing someone incorrectly, could result in some really hefty fines and some back payments. So it's worth taking those few minutes now to make sure you've definitely got it right. As I mentioned at the beginning, the employment status isn't something you actually choose. It's not something you decide. You need to follow that set of rules by HMRC to work out what their status is. So make sure you head to the gov.uk website, search for Check Employment Status for Tax, and then work through that calculator tool. Make sure you save your answer, and then that will mean that if you are ever challenged at a later point in time, either by HMRC or by a worker, then you've got that proof that you took the right due diligence before taking on that worker. So there we have it. I hope you have found that useful. I know that it can feel quite daunting when you are taking that first initial step to take on a new worker into your business and making sure that you get the legal side of it right, setting them up correctly and getting their in right employment status can feel like it's a very difficult task. But if you follow those steps, make sure you get it right. Use that calculator tool that's available to you, then you can't go far wrong. I'll be back again very soon for some more top tips and strategies to help you with your kids' activity business. But in the meantime, have a great week and bye for now. If you're loving the Kids Activity Business Club podcast, I want to invite you to register for my free workshop, How to Sell Out Your Classes. In this live 60-minute online workshop, learn what works and what doesn't when it comes to filling up your kids' activity classes. I'll be giving away some golden nuggets of information that will truly transform the way you think about making sales. Sign up now at claireattec.com forward slash fill up. That's claireattec.com forward slash fill up to save your seat. It's completely free and I can't wait to see you there.
If you found today's episode useful, then please press the follow tab where you found this podcast to make sure you don't miss out on any new episodes. And don't forget to rate and review it too, as it will make all the difference in helping other people find it. Thanks for listening. Take care and bye for now.